0: And welcome back to Hey Eintracht Frankfurt, the Bundesliga podcast covering everything there's known the English language about Eintracht Frankfurt, best club in the Bundesliga, best club in Germany, best club in Europe, best club in the world, for that matter. But we're a little bit biased. I'm your host Brian Sanders. You can follow me on Twitter at KCsge. You can also follow the show that is at hefpod. Email the podcast that is Hey Eintracht Frankfurt at gmail.com follow us on facebook um uh, new most up-to-date uh, news notes video highlights on eintracht frankfurt in the english language that is facebook.com slash hef pod so here to talk about as i don't do the podcast alone here to talk about eintracht mm. versus inter it's the return of roman in san francisco
1: Happy birthday to you, happy birthday, birthday to, to you. you, happy birthday, birthday, birthday dear, Eintracht. dear Eintracht, happy birthday, happy birthday, birthday to, you. to you, 120, 120 years, years. Woo. <laughs> And isn't she amazing? Indeed. I'm in love with Eintracht Frankfurt, what can I say? <laughs> yeah. I'm so glad to be back, Brian. Like, this is. Uh, it's been a long you, time coming. Uh, yeah.
0: People were starting to ask, uh, I, wo, wo is Roman?
1: Yeah, did they kick you out or whatever? No, I did not get kicked out. I was in Germany. <laughs> and, uh, it's like, I don't know, the time zone is really. The time zone thing is tough for a podcast uh-huh. because sometimes. You also got to be in the mood for it, you know, and like sometimes in the mornings uh, or late at night, you know, like I I just can't, you know, it's like, um, (laughs) I don't know, but we got to work on it. Maybe on the weekends or something to find some times here and there and uh, I do, yeah, I miss it. I missed it and I'm really glad to be back, yeah, back in San Francisco and uh, I got a awesome week ahead so if here starting starting if you're in San Francisco this week of course there are two occasions to watch the Eintracht Frankfurt so we'll be watching on Monday in Steffs on Second Street and of course we're going to watch on Thursday at South Beach Cafe uh, in uh, at the Embarcadero in San Francisco. Brian where are you going to watch Thursday?
0: <sighs> well once again uh, I will be headed over to Johnny's on Seventh Street in Kansas City, Kansas. Uh, here's hoping that uh, the feed stays true. The I will openly admit, when it did come down to the penalty shout in the first half, uh, it glitched and I missed it, and I had to see it on replay. And trust me, when you see the referee pointing after the thing just freezes, oh my god, I I was going crazy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
1: well, me me. Me too. I was yeah. It was it was crazy. Also, I I was not able to watch it. I was in meetings, and guys, there's nothing worse than being in a meeting, and uh, there's the Inter Mailand game going on. And you're just staring on your phone all the time, and you're just thinking like, okay, I cannot stare at the phone. That's not polite, you know. But then you kind of want to see what's going on. So it's like this.
0: That was like ten a.m. this oh time too.
1: Yeah, it was 10.30 a.m. And actually, I uh, usually lunchtime is a problem, right? And I totally forgot that it was so early. So I made sure that lunchtime I have, at least for the second half, I'm available. But then I totally forgot that the game was so early. So I was just in meeting all day. And then the meeting, of course, took longer. And I don't know. It was just like um, really, uh, really annoying. But I watched it in replay. And watching a 0-0, uh, uh, if you already know the score and you watch it later, is uh, tough in general. Um, but this time, I, I enjoyed it. I watched first the second half, though. Mm-hmm. I started with the second half and then watched the first half. Uh, and of course, I was very pleased in what I saw in the second half. Um, uh, I really liked their play. I think they really put pressure on, on Inter. Uh, and you could really see that Inter was already getting tired a little bit at the end. Um, and there was just this goal missing, you know? So, uh, yeah. So there was... a. Uh, Uh, But it was even even though uh, it it was tape delayed. I really enjoyed watching the match second half at least And the first half I didn't think it was that bad. Of course, we're going to talk a little bit about the um, uh, About the penalty Um, But all in all I was uh, when I read up about how people were like not satisfied with the first half And I would agree in comparison to the second half and yes uh, Inter had way more chances and had some uh, some good possibilities to score but maybe that's because I watched it real life and I knew nothing's going to happen. But I was not too scared. I even, I even enjoyed the first half. You know, how about you? How about you, Brian? How did you see <sighs> that? Well, let's
0: see. Uh, watching uh, everything kind of plug along for me, this was – let's get into the first half. Um, Inter very much thought to themselves, okay, you guys are able to fly like the wind. Fine. We will go toe-to-toe with you, and we will do exactly that. We will push, 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 push. And then, of course, ability happened, and they probably thought, Ha-ha, job done. Uh, Away goal. We can basically coast. So long as we just don't concede, we're all good. And Kevin Trapp came up with the big stopper. I was really worried for the Eintracht in the first 20 minutes because all I could think in my head was, "Ah, Christ. These guys are really going for it. Granted, Alea should have scored uh, his opportunity right, you know, in the box. But, you know, hey, guess what? Didn't happen. Mm -hmm. Uh, Rebic uh, being out injured. Best best that we uh, keep him out of the Dusseldorf game on Monday so that he can... uh, The best possible chance to have him be ready for uh, the second leg in Milan. Well, we're going to have 13,000 fans cheering on the team. So... Let's see, that's going to be 20,000 interfans. I'll, I'll bet it'll be more. It'll be more. It'll be more. <laughs> there are So, have, look, yeah. the San Siro, in case people do not know, that is one of the biggest uh, sporting stadiums in the entire world. Like, the entire world. That is well over 80,000 seats. That is bigger than. Uh, I think I think Dortmund's the only one who's as big as that. Uh, what was it, like 85, 88, somewhere in there? But. Uh, Dortmund is the only one in the in Germany that is anywhere near that big. The thing is just absolutely mon- monstrous. And shoot, the tickets will be available. Uh, Eintracht Frankfurt fans might need to show up like on a Tuesday or a Wednesday if they want to buy and you know circumvent any little ticketing things that oh you have to I'll have a nice like... address. Basically, I want to see 25,000, 30,000 Eintracht Frankfurt supporters in Milan because, you know what, why the F not? Because the options are there for us to go forward. And look, we were dealt the strongest hand of any uh, round of 16 times and now we just have to uh, complete the business. Now, I'll look Absolutely. at the first half. Yeah. Uh, and say, wow, Kevin Trapp, you really saved our bacon there. Honestly, he was the best player on the pitch. Uh, I mean, I would also say that uh, his comparable on the other side of the field, Handanovic, uh, did really well for Inter keeping those guys together. I just kept on thinking to myself as I was watching, I'm like, okay, it's going to happen. This stadium is ready to explode, and it's just a matter of when." And it just never happened. Happened. Which is kind of annoying, but yeah. what are you going to do?
1: Yeah, yeah, I would agree. Like, this was really, like, the atmosphere was uh, uh, astonishing. Um, and I think even uh, did, did Gelson said, like, maybe... on oh no, a Rode maybe said, like, he was... Maybe they were a little bit surprised. Even they were surprised and kind of maybe, you know, slowed them down in the first half a little bit uh, because they were so mesmerized. But, um, yeah, I was... Um, yeah, the atmosphere was, was like know, beyond comparison. <laughs> Roman, you've been
0: to some games in the old stadium. Uh, like based on what you saw and heard, how would that compare to the, the pre uh pre the old Waldstadion? The old Waldstadion, yeah, as opposed, oh, the
1: as opposed to the old Waldstadion. was totally thing. different, mm. like it was um. It was actually was never that full back in the days, right? So the usual usual attendance, I think, was about thirty thousand to forty thousand, maybe low at the higher end was forty thousand. I think it was only packed like two or twice or three times a year, Um, even though there was like uh, apparently there was some cheating going on with the numbers, right? Where uh, because nothing was it wasn't digital, you know, you had these paper tickets, and uh, the official number was supposedly always lower. Than, uh, than the actual number, right? Because, okay, you know, you need you need a lot of money to pay, uh, you know, uh, some... Hey, but this is all speculation, <laughs> obviously, um, uh, to avoid some taxes here and there. And But anyways, uh, there was back in the days of the 90s when when, the, when football was still a, on a totally different scale. Um, yeah, so the atmosphere, of course, has always been great, but it really only changed uh, during, during the um, uh, um, uh, reconstruction because uh, so the the fan base so the crazy guys um, they used to be in the G block right and the G block didn't have a roof you know it was very wide and uh, you know it, I mean it was great atmosphere for me as a, a 15 16 17 18 year old who, uh, who who doesn't who can't really compare with other stadiums mm-hmm. But it really changed when the, uh, during the construction, when they tore down the, the wings, so to say, and all the fans moved to the gegentribune, like the opposite uh, uh, um, on, on the opposite rank um, of the arena, and there suddenly they had a roof, and the ultras. That's 1997, also when they started forming. Uh, you know, so there was this new atmosphere, and they were, and uh, around the 2000s, when Frankfurt was playing a really bad soccer. And you could only celebrate yourself, right? That was the only thing. Like, you could not celebrate whatever they're playing down there. Because you know, we were playing so crap. You would just celebrate yourself. And uh, we, you had a good time. And you were, like, under under the roof. And it gave a glimpse of what's going to happen in the, in the new stadium. Uh, but the old stadium, of course, the atmosphere was always good. But compared to this, no way. Like, this is uh, above and beyond... And I just hope they're going to be able to pack a few more people in there, because um, then uh, the yellow wall will have some competition, Um, I'm I'm pretty sure.
0: Now, if only we could make sure that the uh, Ultra's end was, like, as big as theirs. Because I think, honestly, we could fit, fit in just as many crazies making more noise than their, quote, famed yellow wall, which I look at that sometimes, and I'm like... How many of you are actually going like absolutely, like out of your way, crazy to support the team? Some of you guys are probably just sitting in there, just hanging out with your buddies, and you only really celebrate a goal. And you're standing, you're drinking, you're kind of like humming along to a song. How many of those guys are actually, you know, getting really stuck in with the ultras kind of movement? Whilst untracked, it is so obvious if you watch the game. You start listening to the uh, the ultras and the leader kind of yelling out what chant is next going to be going on and then you had the entire stadium getting up and down uh, getting up out of their seats and yelling hey Eintracht Frankfurt as they bounce up and down but okay we're getting into the fans which is a beautiful thing um, okay uh, penalty shout that never was I guess we now had to play without Adi Hutter for uh, the next match this is going to be really weird and it's Going to kind of present an entirely different set of challenges. Uh, Roman, how much will, like, no Adi Hutter honestly, like, make a difference in terms of the next match?
1: Yeah, so that's going to be a tough one. So the the good news is, I think, motivation-wise, he's not really needed. I mean, if the team doesn't want to win this thing, then, I mean... I mean, you know, I I don't even think you need any of those motivational talks in front of that game. You know, I don't. You can do the team talks like at
0: halftime and before the match. You know. No, Arihuta
1: is not allowed to be there before the game. Oh, damn. Any of that, not before the game, not during the game. He's not allowed to have influence on the, uh, uh, on, on, on the assistant coach. Mm. Like Basically, he's totally out. He's not even allowed to communicate with him. Uh, that's what I heard in the latest news. Huh. So only after the match he can join uh, the team in the locker room. Before that, he has to be out. So um, that's, that, I would say, is a really tough call, especially for what he did. You know, I mean, like literally. I mean, I get it when when coaches are like when they freak out, but when they kick a little bottle, you know, because they're not happy, like this is uh, I don't I Should don't know. Should have been this just a this, yellow, almost uh, for me. Yeah, totally, totally
0: and, throw out the yellow. Don't even hesitate in terms of that. But then it very much says, "Hey, coach, I saw what you did. Calm down. This it wasn't a situation for me that demanded." Him to be issued a red card. Look, uh, refereeing youth in high school and a little bit of college, you know, we run into that. And you do have to issue, you know, cards to the coaches because they will then get out of hand. And that then is able to help you manage the game itself. And that was the key part of being a referee. Not just just being like, yeah, no, can't even be bothered. Bye. I think that was pretty hard pretty harsh in my
1: opinion yeah yeah I think so too and I think it's horrible uh, uh, in, in, in in many many ways because like I could I can see like if Adi Hütter would have been like the crazy guy like during the whole match you know and then this was kind of like the the, the 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 drop in the bucket right I would get it but this this way it's un, un, um, I, there's no no this, this is this is a horrible decision but I think they're gonna fight it uh, at least they're thinking about fighting in the decision um, because the the, um, uh, the being out of the match is is like mandatory. You know, it's a standard procedure. So they have to fight it in order to maybe have him there during the game. Um, we'll see. But I think, like I said, like um, he's gonna he's gonna um, uh, fine tune the team. Uh, in a good way I think the coaches are going to uh, get their ways you know how to behave in certain ways and uh, I like Reuters anyways you know I think he's a he's a good assistant and a good strategist and uh, and I'm yeah, I believe in the team and they're going to win it I mean like I said motivation is up 100% and you know for that who does who not needed.
0: okay well we got through that, so Arihoto was angry at an penalty no-call um, when they announced that the Champions League was to UEFA was going to put in the knockout rounds of the Champions League. It was assumed that uh, Europa League would also be included in that. Only the Europa League finals being included. Should we be protesting considering the fact that it's like, hey look, this is not the group stage of the Europa League where there's like half a hundred teams in there. This is the knockout phase. There should be a heart in there. Because, uh, in my opinion, that would have reversed the penalty call in the first half and would have given the Eintracht a penalty in the second half, and the stadium would have exploded, and then Inter would have been really under more pressure than they've ever been before.
1: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely.
0: Ah, well. Ah. <laughs> <that laughs> well, that, well, that <laughs> disc- <laughs> the discussion Shit. is gone. Ah, uh, Roman. <laughs> Uh, okay, one quick thing uh, before we kind of move on because we've got a lot of stuff to talk about here today because uh, we also haven't done the match to preview. Um, with the way that the Eintracht laid out, uh, should, if Abraham is available, uh, if we want to bring him in to be participating in the defense, uh, do we have Hasebe uh, maybe move into defense the Fernandez role? Or do we like... Where he is, and just you know, keep that there, and keep Abraham ready for the Bundesliga until he is fully matched fit, and then they can kind of make a decision uh, there end of what to do next.
1: So honestly, um, I have not seen the great performance by Abraham yet that I'm used to. Um, I would not risk him. I mean, it, it, let's. I would. I would. I would have him play Dusseldorf you know and i think he needs some practice he needs to get into into the match routine and uh i li- i like what i saw during the match you know uh, just now i would actually not do do too many changes um especially yeah with with what i've seen from abraham so far i think it's a great guy to have back um but right now i don't know it depends on the training week you know how how he's going to behave how he's going to work out um I don't know. I, w- I would prefer to leave as is, and uh, yeah, I, I was happy with what I saw. I would not go risky, especially on Abraham, right? Mm-hmm. So, um, of course, like if Ribejch comes in, uh, if he's capable, if his knee uh, goes back to to normal, then yes, he should uh, he sh- he should be uh, he should get the chance. But um, with with Abraham, I don't know. I'm not. But also, I'm actually. Uh, I couldn't really say that for the Inter match, but the, uh, the other match um, um, that we just had, which was, by the way, really amazing against Hoffenheim, but I'm still not the biggest like, ah, Some of his passes, I don't know. So there, there, this would be more of, of some of the things that I would think about, but who am I to, to judge?
0: <laughs> <laughs> We're only members of Hey, Eintracht Frankfurt podcast. The only podcast covering Eintracht Frankfurt in English. So that being said... I do think that it is a time, Roman, to get into one of our favorite bits before we get into some news <laughs> and uh, talk about the next match up that is to date. That is versus Dusseldorf. It is hashtag what are we drinking? It's been a long time since you have been in the hashtag what are we drinking uh, chair. I know. What are you drinking?
1: Oh my God, I'm really sorry to say, but you have to admit it is about noon <laughs> uh, right now here in California, so I'm not going to... And it's Friday, mm-hmm. uh, I'm watching Bremen Schalke 1-1, actually, right now. Wait, there. what? Interesting. Really? Huh. Um, yeah, yeah, it's 1-1. Schalke yeah. actually yeah. Oh, scored. Yeah. That's
0: like the first time that they've scored yeah. in Schalke like scored months. Schalke scored first
1: and seems... then, and then uh, Bremen, so it's, uh, I think it's a good match, even though... Yeah. Anyways... Um, uh, I'm not on the alcohol side. I'm uh, drinking tea. I'm having actually. I uh, brought some tea from Germany over, some Ostfriesen tea, huh. uh, and I bought it in Frankfurt at the Gewürzhaus Schnorr Here's. Uh, I, I don't get paid for this, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I just thought I, I mentioned. You know, I have some good Frankfurt tea, and uh, I'm. That's all I'm having. Black tea. It's uh, Ostfriesen tea. I didn't know what Ostfriesen tea was until I went there and I kind of asked them what, what, what t- kind of teas I like and. Now I know. That's my type.
0: Well, uh, I'm going also with some Frankfurter uh, beverage uh, this week. I am Evovoi in the, one, huh? Edible Boy, indeed. the Postman Uh um, Like I, I've said before, good God, it was hard to uh, get a hold of a distributor that was even in the Kansas City area, and then I had to get a good bit of it all at once. But spring is start. looks like it's starting here in Kansas City, and trust me, that for me means more Uh Just...
1: Absolutely. <laughs> I totally get it. And I tell you, while I was in Frankfurt, what I really loved the most is just like the abundance of apple wine everywhere. You know, and even like my friends starting to make their own apple wine here and there, you know, it's just like, oh, the apple wine is getting so much better as well. Like there are more and more bars are like having their, uh, their kind of craft Eppler, so, so to say, or like their homemade apple. Um, so it's... Um, yeah, it's a real pleasure uh, to be in Frankfurt right now. The apple wine is just so good. Hmm.
0: So, is this is this the be- Is the spring the best time for the apple wine to be sampled in Frankfurt?
1: Yeah, it it, it kind of is. So it depends on. So uh, yeah, spring would be would be good because like the harvest is usually October, November, depending on on when. And then it needs a couple of months Ferment. to to do the fermentation yeah. process. So now the apple wine is fresh, right? So now it's the uh, right in the season and uh and ripe and ready to drink so now it's uh now it's the best time or it's a very good time uh, uh,
0: let's see well i mean drinking this i do think uh the song am liefste Ebovoy uh to sing along to but you know i am going to refrain this week from it uh who knows maybe uh if we're celebrating a nine track victory in the europa league final i know we've got a couple of bridges to cross before then maybe we'll start singing some renditions of that <laughs> Yeah. Uh, no one wants to hear me singing, folks. Trust me. I might—I sound much better if I'm with a bunch of ultras, you know, singing in the supporters section anyway. So with all that being said, uh, let's move into segment two where we'll be talking about Eintracht, Frankfurt versus Dusseldorf in the Bundesliga. And talking a little bit about what's going on in the Bundesliga, including uh, celebrating Eintracht's 120 years of existence. Stay with. And we're back. Segment two of Hey, I Drink Frankfurt. Just talking about what hashtag, what are we drinking? It's 120 years today. We are recording on March the 8th. Uh, the Ultras were celebrating it as well on an amazing uh, TIFO display. If anyone wants to see it, uh, we have a good video of the supporters section uh, showing off goods that is on our facebook website so that is uh www.facebook.com hefpod and you'll see that as the most recent video and you'll see the eintracht frankfurt ultras celebrating 120 years roman we have not lived to see 120 years of the eintracht but for you as a fan what are your greatest memories of being a frankfurt supporter in yeah. Just your lifetime, so in just your lifetime, because we can't, we can't, we can't talk about the uh, our uh, German championship uh, in '59. Yeah, exactly.
1: We cannot, and I don't know if that. I don't know. Yeah, it was so obviously. Um, their the biggest one I would say is definitely five to one Kaiserslautern, just because I was in the stadium, but of course the Bukalsieg, um is uh, like, like those two. I would say are like. On, on top of the list, and of course, right now, currently, uh, the DFB Pokal victory is, is of course, the thing. But uh, the 5-1 against Kaiserslautern, also because I was actually there, you know. So when you were in the stadium, so those, and of course, the yeah, so those two, I would say, are the biggest. And actually, the other one was um, it was a horrible game, though. But it was when we relegated against Wolfsburg, and I was it was a away game. But there was more because the party was so. It was just an awesome trip going up to Wolfsburg, losing, knowing to relegate and uh, just the party itself, even though it's nothing to party, but what else can you do? You right. Know? Um, in the auto city. So I would say these in would the auto group. Three... Yeah, exactly. It was a horrible stadium and yeah, I mean there I mean there's so many awesome ones, but if like three my mi- three things that come to mind are of course the DFB Pokal, the Kaiserslautern uh, where we did not relegate, and then for some reason, don't ask me why, uh, the Wolfsburg, where we did relegate. Um, but those those three memories, I would say, I'm on top of my list.
0: Gotcha. For me, uh, we'll be able to get Nathan's opinion on this once he returns from Japan, or if we're able to get yeah. him while he's in Japan. Uh, uh, whichever way that kind of turns out. So for me, uh, it definitely is uh, the Pokaziga. 2017-2018, uh, the final against Bayern Munich. I mean, after getting so close, but no cigar against Bayfall Bay the previous year, and you're like, wow, we're back again. Second consecutive final. It's like, man, I really need to soak this in because I'm like, Christ, two years in a row. What are we, uh, what are we, a Bayern or Bayfal Bay uh, who are always in the finals? And I was just mm. so amazed by... Uh, the kind of pageantry that the fans did, and then of course, us winning the Pokal that was amazing. Um, if I can put it on one match that I still to this day put point down as probably the most important match that I've ever seen from beginning to end, uh, that's not the Pokal Sega, so something that you know, just a regular match. It was our it was yeah. the 1 0 over Nuremberg. I mean, we were so up against it. Against Mm. Nuremberg, a team who's now in the Bundesliga and is absolute crap, Uh, (laughs) he said. But you know, we—I mean, losing to—we—I mean, I guess you could also put in that Bremen match that was the one that we lost. Basically, all we had to do was not lose to Bremen, and they score a goal in like the dying moments of the game to ensure that they survived, uh, did not go into the relegation playoff. But in fact, that Eintracht Frankfurt went into it. Uh, Those are the two non, you know, kind of really major victory moments that for me kind of live long in my memory as a Frankfurt fan. And I I will openly admit, uh, it did not start until summer of 2006 when uh, my fandom began. So not as many possible memories to kind of go off of. But yeah, that's 120 years of Eintracht Frankfurt uh, history, ladies and gentlemen. In case you're one, the championship we're talking about, the 1959 championship that Eintracht won, uh, when before the Bundesliga was formed, uh, let's see, that was the way I think the way that they did it at that time. You had your region, you had your uh, uh, your regional titles, and you had your runners up, and then you everyone played against uh, teams, and this was like, I mean, shoot, they were playing into late June and you know, then we played in the championship final, and ow, uh, we got to play against Kickers Offenbach. Golly, we went to Olympia mm. Stadion, and we won that one, and yeah, the that to me, if I would have been able to have watched it, I'm pretty sure I probably would have ranked that one up there. Europa League was a two-legged affair, so a little bit different when we won the 1979-1980 title there, and of course, our other Pokal victories that have been there. Uh, which was uh, the 74, 75, 81, and 88 titles. And if you really want to get desperate, uh, you can always list off the 97, 98 Zvita Liga title and uh, something else to live up to. Uh, I guess, Roman, When we last went up, uh, that we were runners-up, right? We were just the runners-up. Uh, with
1: I mean, Shea? Oh, that's a good question. I think, no, I think, I think we me. were just think... runners-up in, like, yeah.
0: uh, to 5th, who went up with us. I think they were the champions. For some reason, I was thinking that we were the champions In, And, yeah. Uh,
1: I think that would make sense, as sad it is to say. But, uh, yeah. yeah.
0: Gro- that teams that went up with us, Greuter 5th, champions of the Zweite Liga, and uh, this weekend's opposition, Fortuno Dusseldorf. So, <laughs> My, how things have uh, changed in the meantime. So, that being said, let's look a little bit at where the Bundesliga table is currently at. Because Eintracht Frankfurt gets back to uh, Bundesliga action against uh, Fortuna Dusseldorf. And since the last time you were on, Roman, the table has changed mightily. Bayern and Dortmund tied on 54 points. We're only 14 points back, so uh, the title race is still on. (laughs) <laughs> uh, well, yeah, eh, I guess I can dream, right? Uh, it's more interesting, like uh, uh, the fact that when we were looking at playing Dusseldorf, we were thinking, "Oh, wow, we're gonna completely smash them," kind of like how we did the seven to one earlier in the year. But Dusseldorf, in the meantime, has rattled off a couple of good results, and uh, suddenly they're on thirty one points. But look, our run in uh, for the over the next few matches, Dusseldorf currently in eleventh on thirty one points, but we know that. They are really Svaita Liga talent who are just on a high. Uh, then you have Schalke Nufia, who are playing absolute dog crap, uh, despite the fact that they are currently uh, not losing to Bremen at the moment. And we have Augsburg, Stuttgart, and Nuremberg. I mean, basically, we're facing off against the bottom half of the table. Roman, could we be in a better position to be balancing Europe and balancing the Bundesliga than basically playing all the the teams on the bottom half of the table all at once?
1: Absolutely, like uh, literally that's uh, that's ab- I mean now playing Dusseldorf is, is important you know that we play these kind of uh, uh, opponents right now um, yeah I think that, that I hope it helps us even though of course there's always the the um, the, the problem with um, underestimating or overestimating um, uh, the situation right mm-hmm. uh, but yeah definitely I think it's it's gonna like I I mean we did better than uh, in the Hinrunde Correct. right so we s- we we didn't lose to Dortmund and uh, you know so there's some some good some good matches uh, that we that we had and, and even Bremen you know so we got more points and the easy ones are are, are up now right Exactly um so but of course, there's always the danger because, like, still in the back of my head, I have the old Eintracht Frankfurt fear, you know, of uh, of you know, you lose against the uh, um, the bad teams and you win uh, against the good ones. But let's just hope that these times are over, at least in the season, and that we will finish uh, top solid um, uh, um, around, you know. And that's just all I can. I can hope for.
0: Well, I mean, look. Uh, at this present moment, we couldn't be in a better position, mostly because of the teams we were playing against. Look, we are three point. Okay, we are three points behind Borussia Mönchengladbach. We could totally take those screwballs on. I am still am pissed off at the fact that we conceded that late, late equalizing goal because then we would just be behind one point of those foals. Yeah. <sighs> I mean, look, they're playing against Mainz at home, and Mainz took apart Schalke like. You know, they were a butcher deconstructed, deconstructing, you know, some meat. It was kind of considerable. And I'm starting to wonder, it's like, look, maybe Bruce Emerson Gladbach is now returning to the norm. They had a great run, but they're not able to switch tactics midseason. And, you know, they're having to rely on, look, they, score, they got the equalizer basically because one player just had an amazing shot. End of. And, you know, right now, I consider the fact that, like, the teams that we're now facing in the, in the Bundesliga, look, we're three points behind the Foles on 43 points in fourth place. And then, I mean, I don't... I have a funny feeling that Leipzig, with just their one match a week, that they're going to really start moving at the table. They won't get, like, second. But they'll be, like... I think at the end of the Bundesliga season, I think... That unless Bayern or Beaufort Bay just kind of collapse, I think that they're going to be right up as those guys drop points. I think Leipzig is going to be cleaning up all over the place because honestly, you look up and down the Bundesliga uh, league table. There's not many teams that they are that they're likely to lose to. Uh, I mean, they play Bayern Munich on uh, the second to last match day, and honestly, that's going to be in Leipzig and. You know, if the title race is still on, one would think that that probably will be a massive title deciding match right before we play. On. We play uh Manic, That is, uh, I would like to think that you know we can really take advantage uh, and possibly get into fourth place this season, and maybe that means we only lose one of the three. And for me, that me- that's the kind of money that Eintracht Frankfurt would then be able to take. And just invest in the club heavily. Unlike the likes of Cologne, who then, you know, fell into dis- disrepair because they weren't able to properly, you know, uh, reinvest in the squad. Hey, it's because you were playing in the Europa League as opposed to the Champions League when you lose your connect Talisman. But for me, I think we're in a great position within the Bundesliga. Sure, uh, there are two teams, just one point behind us. But, I mean, it's a good five points between us and uh, Hertha in 8th, and, look, I foresee us making European qualification, it's just a matter of when, uh, which place, and, dude, I'm really freaking excited, but I think we can actually make the Champions League now. Really? And it's all down to us rolling through all these weak teams, and it will start on Monday.
1: Yeah, I'm, um- I, I think so, too. I mean, I think they're really hungry. I think they really manage um, the balance between Bundesliga and Europa League very well, unlike last time we were in the Europa League. You mean League unlike
0: every single other Bundesliga team who then suffers, is not able to really manage them.
1: The Bayern, Bayern kind of, like they're, they're, they're doing it good, but of course they they got an the awesome experience exactly. of it. Um, but yeah, totally. I think we're doing... I think we are... It's just perfect. I think like we are we are um, taking the uh, the emotion and the positiveness out of each game and bring it over to the other uh, tournament, so to say, right? And um, and I think like when like for example when they were a little bit struggling in the Bundesliga because they weren't winning, then they had this great uh, match uh, um, in in the Bundesliga. Uh, I mean, then they had the great match in the uh, in the Europa League, and they they took this. Uh, energy into the Bundesliga, right? For example, in the beginning of the season, uh, when they won against uh, Marseille, and they basically took this over to the Bundesliga, and vice versa, right? So I think it's, uh, I think Adi Hutter is just doing a great job of keeping the tension and concentration up, and uh, yeah, Champions League, it is. Let's do it now, now or next year. <laughs>
0: yeah. I mean. Let's be honest, we could still win the Europa League and just qualify that way, and wouldn't it be great if, say, for example, uh, we're in the Europa League final, uh, let's, and then we happen to just get freaking luck, we just get it get after it we win in Baku and it doesn't matter that we finished you know anywhere within the Bundesliga table we're automatically qualified to the Champions League then you can let you know whoever else might be able to utilize that Champions League money and reinvest and make the Bundesliga strong because let's be honest uh Schalke is crap they show themselves to be crap Bayfow uh, I don't even know what the heck's really going on with them but Look, if we get Champions League money, we can reinvest, we can become stronger. Adi Hutra has the experience of working and balancing a strong league campaign with playing in Europe. Uh, You know, he was constantly finishing in second place with the Young Boys before they finally broke through to win the title. Uh, They're currently cantering to the title right now. And look, we got a man who has got a plan. And Freddie Bowitch is working his miracles. That's all that needs to be said. This is an exciting, exciting time as an Eintracht Frankfurt fan. Of which, let's be honest, this is way different than it was the last time that we were in Europe. The only other time that I had ever experienced Europe, and it's exciting.
1: And yeah. there's just nothing to rant about, you know. So save really for, let's say that for let's say that for
0: next week, uh, where we can possibly
1: exactly. dig a little deeper
0: into some of the other issues that are out there in the Bundesliga. Perhaps talk about some of the fifty-plus-one issues that still are reigning around. I mean, in terms of like everything else that's going on in the Bundesliga, this is a great time to be in Frankfurt
1: fan. But it's a great time, yeah. The Bundesliga is really fun. I have to admit, even like with Bayern coming a little bit back, uh, I do enjoy. Sorry to say, uh, um, I do enjoy that. You know, uh, keeping even their the tension up. And, uh, yeah, Champions League, there's a big run, even though I'm not really happy about the development of Wolfsburg, which, again, is really weird, I think it's the fact that
0: Bruno Labbadia, like, is a lot better coach than he was ever given credit for. And if he had been left to his own devices, perhaps at the Haasval, you know, I'm pretty sure that the Haasval won't be in this Vitaliga, currently sitting at, uh, let's see, I think they're in uh, second place right now, just one point below Kuhn. Golly, they got a great game this weekend. Anyone who's pay attention to this Vitaliga is now really a four-team race for the top spots, the two promotion spots in the playoff spot. You have Kohn, first, Haswell, second, Union Berlin, third. Finally, those guys, if we get a Berlin Derby, that would be great for this again. And you have SC St. Pauli in fourth. The Hamburg Derby With is... With Alex Meyer, this...
1: who scores like a football exactly. god.
0: Exactly, and guess what, Roman? Guess what is this weekend in the Zweite Liga?
1: What is this weekend in the Zweite Liga?
0: The Hamburg Derby.
1: Oh, my God. At the and We will have Alex Meyer scoring with his head. And both feet. With his man bun <laughs> or with his foot. Uh,
0: you know, if he scores a perfect hat trick in the Hamburg Derby, I mean, they might as well start making a statue to that man because uh, I watched the first leg... Guy. That was all the way back in September, and that was a boring nil-nil draw. But I mean, you're talking second v four. I mean, that basic. I mean, that will have so much ramifications for the promotion run for both teams, uh, getting out of the Zweite Liga. It's look. It's an exciting time for all of the Bundesliga, and we hope that Alex Maya is able to push the Saint Pauli up into at least a playoff spot. If not. The full promotion spot. Let the Hoss foul t- dwell in the playoff spot so that they can take on you know whatever crap team from the Bundesliga is there, uh, which I swear to God is gonna be shocker. It is gonna be shocker. But look, we need to talk about Ha huh, the the Fortuna Dusseldorf and Eintracht Frankfurt game. Roman, this was a uh, just destruction uh, last time around. But Fortuna has almost since. Uh, we destroyed them they have been on a great run they have gotten three uh they've picked up three wins in their last four they have pulled up an entire 10 points in their last four and for a team that was still looking that we all thought was going to be fighting relegation and really were kind of down in the dumps look they have amassed a lot of points of late and are looking really good i I'm excited to play against Freedom Funko. I kind of look at this as a good match that will keep the competitiveness of all the kind of bottom kind of teams that we'll be facing over the next couple weeks. Uh, I look at this as a match that we can actually play against someone who won't just roll over, you know, and just hope that, uh, it get, it, that the beatdown is over quick. I think that this will be challenging. But I do think that within 60 minutes that the Eintracht will have a two-goal uh, lead. And that's the way that it will play out. I am going to put my name out on there and say 3-1 to the Eintracht.
1: Yeah, definitely. Um, it's It will be a tough game, right? Especially in between. Um, and as you mentioned, Düsseldorf, they're like in their little springtime Uh but I think it's time for them to get a little, you know, a little knock on their head. And I think there will it's be... Carnival right now, right? Yeah. So that means that... Yeah, uh, it is. No, it's I mean, over, actually. Carnival is over Carnival now. is over it's now. Over now. Oh, so maybe
0: their good run is it's over. It's headache time. <laughs>
1: yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It's absolutely uh, headache time right now. And, uh, yeah, this is what they will... Uh, sorry to say, but this is what they will witness... Um, but, uh, yeah, I, I also think they're going to win. Frankfurt's going to win. They're going to have such a run. They're, I think Adi Hutter. he may rotate a little bit, you know. Um, but, uh, yeah, I think they're just going to go crazy on it. So, I'm, I'm, I'm 100% positive.
0: What well, kind of score yeah. are you predicting, Roman?
1: Yeah, so 2-1 uh, Frankfurt. How
0: much – okay, last, last thing for us to one, talk two. about this, Roman, is – How much do we need to rotate to make sure that we are fresh for Inter Milan in Milan on Thursday?
1: So that's a good question. I think that's the biggest
0: mode of discussion we can put out for uh, this Eintracht versus Dusseldorf game.
1: Yeah, no, I mean, like, we, it, I think it's a quick one, right? Because like, we we cannot, uh, we, we don't know how Hütte sees the performance and the tiredness. Um, I think, of course, Touré is gonna come back in the game. I would, I would bet, right? Uh, maybe even Abraham. So maybe on the defense, he's gonna do a few tweaks because those guys really gotta stay fresh. Um, uh, Rebic of course, he he won't be able to play. Best keep um, him out, personally. Keep him out, exactly, absolutely. I mean, this is gonna happen, anyways. Uh, so, yeah, I'm, 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 I think like three, four positions, uh, but it depends on the tightness of the, on the, on the players, right? So,
0: yeah, I see yeah. that Costa and Kostic will both uh, be in there, but I'd like to see Paciencia get a start. So as to provide all out relief to one of Alea or because I think that, let's see, uh, Jovic uh, played the entire match, so I would like to see him get, I'd like to, see, look, Paciencia scoring that goal against Hoffenheim, you know, that has given him all sorts of confidence. He had a couple moves against some Inter Milan guys, so that I was just like, whoa! Some ball skills there that, you know, really are something to be admired, and I personally feel that Paciencia and Alea should be the guys actually in the starting lineup, so as to give Jovic a uh, the full match to recover because we need him as fresh as can be against Inter Milan. because guess what? You know, if we don't win, if we don't beat Inter, you know, I mean, if we don't get through against Inter, guess what? We only have the Bundesliga to play for and we will then have to go hell-bent for leather every single week. Nothing wrong with, I mean, yep. nothing wrong with that. We can catch Bruce, you mentioned Gladback, no problem, but then you would kind of worry about is there going to be, you know, uh, some... Uh, like exiting the competition, a Europe, a European hangover, so to speak. And I think that as uh, so long as the Eintracht rotates the squad, so that means that the Guzman needs to be in. That means that uh, uh, we, Torre, uh, Torre gets in. I mean, there's there's players there that we have to kind of move some guys out. I think that Fillet could become a good a oppor- uh, good option. Put Jetro Williams in maybe one of the wingback roles, or we're just putting in that central midfield role. I think that would work just fine too. Or, good lord, even put Stendera in just to make sure that we have as many fresh legs as possible for Inter Milan. That's all
1: I'm asking. So, Roman,
0: it's been great having you back, dude.
1: Oh my God, it's so good to be back. Especially right now, I mean, it's a, it's literally the best time to be a, a, an Eintracht supporter right now, right? Which is
0: I haven't been able to say that for about 25 fucking years. Amazing. We haven't been in this kind yeah. of situation, top end of the table, participating in the latter stage of the knockout rounds in in Europe. It's been a very, very long time.
1: Yeah, absolutely. When you think of when you joined, uh, when you joined the club of the of the Frankfurt guys, you know, so. Um, think about it how much has changed you know so it's uh, yeah it's really astonishing
0: (sighs) Roman we need to (laughs) exactly it's good times indeed All right, so we ladies and gentlemen that wraps up this episode 86 of Hey Eintracht Frankfurt coming up on the century not too far away from now Roman I think we need to do something extra special for our 100th episode of Hey Eintracht Frankfurt what do you think
1: yeah, yeah, that's true. Something. So it's uh,
0: our friends, the yeah, a- Eintracht Frankfurt, uh, you know, German podcasters out there. They did a huge thing for another centenary podcast that they did, and uh, we'd like to do some, something ourselves. If you have some ideas of some cool op- stuff for us to think of doing, let us know. Our social media platforms that are out there: Facebook.com/HEFpod, yeah. at HEFpod on Twitter, and hey Eintracht Frankfurt. At gmail.com. this is the place to contact us. Roman, where are you in the social media landscape?
1: Uh, you'll find me on Twitter, of course, at SF Bay Eagles. Uh, and actually, I do have a new Instagram account. Oh. Uh, it's a it's a public one. Yeah, but it's not with football though. Um, it's not really football related. No, no. It's more, you know, like my whole business startup talk, <laughs> whatever. You know, keynote. Um, so uh, it has a complicated name of my my full name, Roman Weishaupt, so nobody's going to be able to uh, put that in anyways. But, yeah, I, I do have now a public profile on uh, on Instagram, but it's not Frankfurt-related, so I'm um, boring for this, uh, for this type of audience here. There you
0: go. So where are you going to be watching Eintracht Frankfurt V uh, Dusseldorf? Just for anyone in the San Francisco area who is looking to catch Eintracht. Where are the SF so S- Eagles?
1: We are watching at Steph's on Second Street, and of course Thursday we'll watch at South Beach Cafe. And also reach out to us if you are watching somewhere in the United States or wherever in the world. And we are always happy to share uh, where you guys are watching. So let us know where are we watching. Uh, where are you watching uh, the matches? And we're happy to connect because that's what we are all about: getting the Eagles together. And, uh, yeah, so that you don't have to watch alone. Exactly.
0: Always watch with friends. And I'll be watching in Kansas City at Johnny's on 7th Street in Kansas City, Kansas. We'll be putting that up there. uh, So long as the internet holds. And if not, well, I can think of a couple uh, Mexican restaurants that will be able to show us. So, our match on Monday, though, uh, that is going to be, before we leave, uh, it's going to be on Univision Deportes in the United States and FS2. So... Look for it out there. Uh, from us here, at hey, Truck Frank Frankfurt. Uh, thanks for tuning in uh, to listen to us. And uh, cheers. Cheers.